Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Jordan has a Facebook page called The Common Sense Brigade. Join it if you haven't already. Anything else you want to spruik? No. Ah, oh, look, we've got a lot of documentaries coming out on Friendly Geordies and everybody's always saying, yeah, you skimped on it. No, it's not that. It's just that we're looking for a very opportune time to drop them. So stay tuned because it's either going to be that or a review on Coles. Either way, <laughs> you're a winner. That's all I've got to to, I'm looking forward to both of those. <laughs> I know you're looking forward to the review of Coles. Yeah, hey, we're both, uh, we're both uh, mid-2010s internet comedians. We, we know where our allegiances lie, and that is crappy references to Australian culture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, I just am editing a video today called Cheap Ass Gooey, which is a Aussie parody of Wet Ass Pussy. <laughs> it's gonna go viral. I don't usually say videos are gonna go viral. This one is going to go viral. By the time this podcast comes out, the video would have been released. So I will eat my words if it hasn't gone viral, but I am confident. I've never been this confident, but as you know, whenever you say a video is gonna go viral, it never does. So <laughs> we will see what happens. Uh I'm also doing a show in Sydney every week, Thursday. Very limited tickets available. It's all COVID safe. NeilKahaka.com slash tickets if you want to come along. We do some improv. Zany. (laughs) And I want to dedicate this podcast to actually try and give some advice to young artists out there. Now, I'm going to focus this on people who are in the realm of comedy or acting because that's the sort of thing I'm reasonably knowledgeable on, as I'm sure you would be too. Um, But hopefully that same advice can extend to people who are musicians, dancers, painters, things like that. So the reason I want to talk about this is because this year in particular, the arts industries have been hit very hard. And there's a lot of people who I think are just confused and were probably sold a dream when they were younger where you go to your fancy drama schools or your music schools and then you get discovered by the director somewhere and then you're on Neighbours and then you get discovered by an American director and you're a superstar. And that just doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> it doesn't happen. You've got to give up on that dream. If you're an actor in your 20s in Australia or in your teens, at any age, you've got to give up on that. It's not going to happen anymore. Margot Robbie was probably the last one to do that. I can't see another young Australian actor. Look, they may make it big in Hollywood, but Hollywood stars don't have the same influence and celebrity status that internet creators do these days. I really think that. Yeah, I I think that Tom Cruise is really on equal footing with rice gum at this point. Just, (laughs) it seems to be... The perfect analogy there. Don't you think? Like, it's just, there's something... Even no, when no, you no. see that stars... More the people will listen to what Ricegum has to say on political and cultural issues than Tom Cruise. Yeah, his endorsement matters more. Yep. Um, there's that. There's definitely that element. But also, it just doesn't have the same... I, it, it's ruined everything. I just remember when I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and that was supposed to be the no... There's still star power. It still exists. This is a Quentin Tarantino film. It has Brad Pitt. It has Leonardo DiCaprio. You can't go wrong. It had Margot Robbie in it, right? Yeah. I watched it and I was like, yeah, this is a cool movie. And I liked the fact that those guys were in there. But it had this feel of this is just a YouTube collab. You just realize like it's exactly the same dynamics on the net. And these people kind of just get cheapened by it because everybody's kind of a celebrity now. It's just like celebrities are just so personal diluted. like it's just so diluted that you just think of a celebrity as in uh i guess tom cruise could just be my neighbor now like it's not this yeah. like mysterious no that that uh, uh, ethereal being that exists even though having said that i don't know why i keep using tom cruise disparagingly i really really like tom oh, i cruise. love tom cruise yeah. everyone loves all <laughs> those actors are from that generation that kind of made it in the 90s tom cruise matt damon leo all those guys i love all of them mm. but the generation now first of all Name a big Hollywood star in their 20s that's on par with how big Tom Cruise was when he was in his 20s. It just doesn't exist anymore. No. What, Zac Efron? I think he's 30 now anyway. Yeah, I know. I think he's older. Yeah. He could be like mid-30s. Exactly. The young guys are now in their 30s. Robert Robert Pattinson, Pattinson, same age, right? probably be 30 by Mm. now. So 
it just doesn't exist. That fantasy that people are trying to live out where you depend on the media companies, you depend on the director discovering you, it doesn't exist. And you've got to get that out of your head because I've seen there's too many actors that I did drama classes with back when I was in high school. I knew these people. A lot of them were very talented and they went that route. They didn't make internet content. They didn't make their own short films. They just went to a drama school and probably paid an exorbitant amount of money to go there. They're probably better actors than I am. In fact, no, they are better actors than I am. No one knows them. They're not doing it full-time. At best, they're doing it casually. Now, maybe they're purists, but would you rather be a 100% purist or would you rather be doing it full-time? I think we all know the answer to that. So... I'm sure you'd agree with this advice, Jordan, but the biggest thing is make internet content. Make it and commit to it. People give up so quickly. I know a few of my actor friends on on Facebook that I'm actually not super close with, but as soon as the pandemic hit, they started making these videos on Instagram and TikTok and some of them weren't that good, but you don't start off being the best internet star. Why do people think people become internet famous overnight? It doesn't happen. It's like any other artistic pursuit. You have to perfect a craft. And as you perfect it, you get better. You get more renowned. They did it for a few weeks or a few months and they gave up. And that's the biggest... You'll never get anywhere if if you give up just because you haven't gone viral after a few weeks. You have to commit to it. That's what they were expecting. You have to commit to it for five years. Minimum five years. If you if you can commit to a weekly video for five years and you're showcasing some sort of acting ability, some sort of talent there, and then after those five years, you haven't been able to make at least a part-time career out of it, tell me, message me, because that's rare. I don't think that happens. I think everyone who's that committed to it and is that consistent will at least have something like 10,000 followers after five years. Mm. And that's enough to make a part-time career out of it. And you don't have to... Uh, abide by whatever the powers that be or the the director or the writer wants you uh, the you, you know you can be creatively independent so if you just want to be an actor i think those days are gone i think you have to be a writer you have to be an actor a director a producer you have to market yourself all these things you have to be doing but in a weird way that's a good thing because you only answer to yourself and you can make whatever you want to make you know, I, the short films I've made, no one was telling me how to act, how to write, uh, how to market them or anything like that. And they're some of the most viral short films ever, let's be honest, but they're never going to win awards or anything like that because similarly to comedy, acting is also this weird little cabal of people who just probably have all fucked each other and went to the same drama schools. <laughs> but the point is you have to... I. I it's just there's just so many actors that I see on my feeds that are still living this fantasy of let's make this short film, let's get an award at a festival. That doesn't mean anything anymore. That's great. Look, the people at the festival and the people in the industry will be like, "Well done, you won the award." Nothing happens. Do you, do you agree? Because you were a character actor at the start. Of your career, I remember seeing you in raw comedy back in when was it, two thousand and twelve or something crazy like that, and you did the French Chef. Mm. So you were an actor. You are an actor. I mean, in your video, that's the thing. People say we're YouTubers. Well, that's a combination of well, what Jordan does is a combination of journalism and acting. If you just if you just define it as YouTubing, that's just a very that doesn't mean anything. But the skill. The skills are both there. Mm. The same way what I do is acting. Mm. You want to call it, oh, he's a YouTuber, he's an influencer, fine. I don't care, but it is acting. That's what it is. No, yeah, it's extremely character-based. Yes. I will add this, though. If you are going to be an actor, I think there's a couple of things that you should be doing. Yes, I definitely think that you should be doing viral... uh, Sorry, just internet content in general. But also... I, God, anyone who listens to my self-help channel is just going through the same points, but you've got to read in your field. Oh, yeah. You have to read about acting theory because there are these great acting teachers that these things just don't change. These are just the fundamentals to the craft. It's just insane. It is like 
expecting to be a lawyer without going to university. There's just things you need to know. There are laws to these things. That's very true. And that's why I I do think the actors who went to the, who studied the craft two or three years are better actors than I am. Yeah. But you can be doing both. Yeah. And you definitely should be doing both. And this is the other thing that I think that you don't understand about internet or what you're seeing, right? That, okay. You might not become some viral YouTube star. That might not be your goal. You might want to be a serious actor that's in movies. Um, but you can do that on, on the internet. You can make serious short films and put them out there. You can make serious short films and put them out there. But the other thing that I think is really important about it is that it starts connecting you with like-minded people. So you are able to network without going to all of these bullshit parties. And on top of that, because, you know, as you were just saying, it's just this incest little group of just this scum of society mostly, that Sydney theatre group stuff. Like, I would hate to be mincing around in that circle. But as my girlfriend has figured out, because... She's always giving me these horror stories of those people because fuck me, Dad. If you think that the people in the comedy scene are annoying, Jesus, like actors, actors in that kind of <laughs> level of just like we live just solely off the taxpayer, yay! And uh, like on top of that, because as a comedian, you are kind of forced to think, and as an actor, you're not really you're, you're thinking like someone else. So they're just amazing at fitting into whatever the social malaise is of that day. But she as a result of doing just she doesn't even act on on she just has a youtube channel where she just recites what she has learned in acting books well that's and something. she just does it to remind herself and so she's got this little tutorial thing so she's ingraining it into herself more because she's teaching someone else which is always the thing of like you you know that you have learned something if you are able to explain it to someone else so she's mm-hmm. got that going off as a result of doing that even though the channel gets what like a couple of hundred views every time those couple of hundred views are actors and as a result of that she gets messages from people saying hey i, I watch all things acting we're doing this short film do you want to come do this um, uh, you, you start building a little network as a result of that. That's exactly and you see it. this all the time as a result. Like, I never really thought about this before, but you have created a community around yourself of like-minded people. And it is just, it is a network. You are networking every yeah. time you do this. So you are just ticking both boxes. You are networking. Yeah. So this thing of like, I, I've got to spend my time networking or doing social media, just combine the two. And Yeah, and, and who are you networking with? If you're networking with... People who were on Home and Away 10 years ago. Well, what's that going to do for you? Network yeah. with people who uh, you can collaborate with. Hungry. Yeah. And and I, I, look, I'm not trying to say I'm high and mighty and a better actor. It, look, look, the people I've done the short fields with are better actors than I am. Mm. They're much better actors than I am because I've been so focused on other things, mm. uh, comedy and, and, well, podcasting and, and just social media. You, it's, it's a very all-encompassing role you're the manager you're the director you're marketing yourself you're doing all sorts of things so you can't just fully uh immerse yourself in the world of acting having said that i still think i'm competent enough at it to make these to to say these things um and it just it actually hurts sometimes i get angry about it and i think what are you doing and then it gets to a point where it, it it genuinely hurts me to see these incredibly talented actors, and I'm friends with them all on social media, and they don't put anything out there. Every few months, they post the film that they were in, a short film that someone else's project that they were in. Mm. But they are so talented. No one is going to gift you that starring role, Okay. You're not Joey and Friends or whoever the guy is that's always waiting for his big break. You're probably not <laughs> going to get a big break. You've got to make your own big break. And I guess I'm coming from a position of someone who mainly specializes in comedic acting. And maybe if someone wants to go more into dramatic acting, usually the internet is more a space for sketch comedy and you rarely see very dramatic acting uh, that goes that goes viral. Having said that, it's open season. Do whatever you want online at whatever. But you know, you you need all you need is an iPhone. It doesn't have to be great audio. It doesn't have to be great editing. Even edit it yourself. You know, the tools are at your disposable at your disposal. 
to do whatever you dreamt of doing just at a much lower, uh, smaller scale to start off with. Mm, mm. So you can live that dream that you probably wanted to live. It's just going to be smaller at the start anyway. And if you really do love the craft, it shouldn't matter if you're on a big Hollywood film or if you're just making a short film that you've written. If anything, I'd probably prefer the content I've written because it's something I'm emotionally invested in more so than I'm just reading lines. And the politics involved in a massive production. Exactly. It'd be really grating. And I hate the fact that I don't have, you know, and I've talked about this before, but when I don't have control over the end product, it's really frustrating. And the few forays I've had into mainstream media, I read the scripts and I think that's pretty funny. And one piece of the puzzle didn't go well. So the editing wasn't pulled off. The way they directed it wasn't pulled off well. And the whole product is terrible as a result. And that frustrates me, the fact that I can do a good job, but then I'm judged as being part of a bad production and maybe told I'm a bad actor as well, Mm, mm. which can be quite frustrating. So that's why I prefer doing smaller projects I'm in charge of, or at least have much more control in. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not, I know it sounds like I'm being very critical here, but it's more coming from a place of misunderstanding. I just don't understand why these really talented actors aren't putting themselves, and there's, and there's so many now, even on TikTok, there's, there's this girl called Caitlin Riley, and she's very clearly an actress, but she does these amazing impressions, and she has 1.3 million followers, and now... She's probably going to get a lot more roles anyway. And all it took was a few great TikToks. Mm. So I just don't understand what what is going through their mind. Why are they not doing it? It doesn't take long. Everyone has ideas. Everyone has inspiration. Make something, anything. Even if, like your girlfriend's doing, it's, uh, it's advice or it can be a podcast or... Just, for the love of God, just do something. Don't depend on getting a big break or or getting discovered by a TV network. I think that's, yeah, really, I think it's just, this is the take-home from it. Don't wait around. Don't wait for someone else to give you what you can get for yourself. Mm-hmm. You can at least try to get for you. At least, at least, even if you've done the what I said, if you do the weekly video for five years, and then you still don't get anywhere. Well, at least you tried. Yep. And this is the whole thing: is just between passive time and active time. And the thing is, the people that are constantly active, they just keep getting more roles because most people in life are passive. They kind of just observe life from afar. But if you just keep putting yourself in that position, you are kind of getting yourself into the habit of doing. And because you are one of the few people that actually do produce, after a while, it just becomes inevitable that you start attracting these things into your life because no one else is even capable of doing it. So that's the first part. But like, also, I would add this. If you are an actor, you are in the wrong environment in Australia. You do need to go overseas. And I am not saying that you should go to the US. I think that you should go somewhere else first. Um, Where at what? The UK? I hear it's very good in Canada. Not like all these places are difficult, and you should be doing those things overseas because mm. you can do the internet anywhere. But That's it. Uh, you know, there is no industry in Australia, and I think that if you are in Australia, unless you are part of that old aristocracy that includes people like your John Howards and whoever that chick was from All Saints, John Howard. Yeah, the guy from. Again, from All Saints. If you were in All Saints, you'll get jobs. The Prime Minister. Yeah, it's always always the big sub. Um, Yeah, it's still those same people getting cycled through. They're still getting cycled through. And so there is... But the thing is, I think Australia might be one of the worst places on the planet to try and make it as an actor. So it's kind of the same as that argument of saying that I'm going to start up a, uh, like a quarry in the middle of the desert 
there's enough rocks around. It's yeah. It's it's like it's right, not right, the right. right environment. Um, so acting is a di- particularly difficult one. Obviously, what Neil is saying is correct, but uh, but like it's it's n- like all the other arts. I think when I really look at it, they're a lot easier. What even dancing? Yeah, what do you, I wouldn't know what to do with dancing, but I mean, again, it's, I you think- can you can post content. I think with all of them, if you're not posting some sort of regular content, why not? You have to ask yourself why not. And if it's this mentality of oh no, I'm a purist. I don't social media is the new thing. I don't do that. Aren't artists the whole point of an artist is to be you know embracing new ideas and not just living the traditional way? So if you're if you're detaching yourself from social media and you're justifying it by saying, no, I'm a real artist, I'm a purist, you're just, no, that's your ego. Mm. I, I, I can't see how that's I think you can effective. reverse it the other way now that I'm thinking about it because the generation below us want to be YouTubers and talkers, right? Like they just want to be... They don't, I don't know. Look, I, I, I'm getting this anyway from surveys that they don't want to be actors. They don't want to be comedians. They don't want to be dancers. They just want to be YouTubers. That's what they want. Yeah. And so I think it's the other way around is that, in fact, it reminds me of all the good comedians in Australia from the 80s. The ones that were good comedians were the ones that studied acting first. And as I've discussed before, I think that there is a big dearth in our generation of comedians that did not study theatre. And the ones that did study theatre, they just have this dimension to them that the other ones don't have available. And they will never have that to them because they don't they didn't get that performative quality. And so, you know, impressions is off the table, uh, stage presence, that's off the table. It's kind of they're just relying on their personality, I guess. They have one element. They don't have all of those other ones going for them. Yeah. And so I think it's the same thing now. It's just devolving down to the next level, which is that they just want to be YouTubers. And I see that with a lot of new up-and-coming YouTubers. They have no other skills. They have no other skills. So it's just this gross regurgitation of people that were famous before them. Interesting. And so thought about it that way. Yeah. And I think that like what you were doing, right, you wanted to be a comedian and an actor that wasn't working, so you became a social media star because that was the platform that was available to you. Right, so you, so now you it's the moved other way into that. I think it might be the other way around now. Interesting. So if you are wanting to be a YouTuber, I think that that's not the right way of thinking about it. I think it's... um. Well, you have to be able to do something. Even if you are vlogging on YouTube or TikTok, you have to show some semblance of talent artistically or performative uh, engagement, something, because if, you, if, you, if you're just doing nothing at all, what's getting you the views then? How, how are these people, if you're seeing these people that are gaining traction online, that don't seem to have uh, any skill in performance, what is getting their traction then? What, what is making them big? No, that's what I'm saying. I don't see... Every time I see someone who's big, even though I don't like the content, you can kind of break it down and it makes sense. A lot of the time, it's just the fact that they're hot. But... (laughs) Well, yeah, that's never going to change. That's never going to change, ever. You're always going to be at advantage of that. And that's the other thing that I will say. If you wanted to be an actor or you wanted to be... Well, comedian's actually different. I think you actually are at advantage if you're kind of ugly. But... um, Depends. You're really ugly, aren't it? If you're mild, if you're in the middle, I think you'd probably just better off being hot, right? Okay, and having pretty enticing marketing photos. <laughs> um, but yeah, like in most of those imagey things, I really think that it's indicative on you to just do the basic upkeeps that most people don't do, which is just like, man, if you work out and you clean your face, you are going to be hotter than eighty percent of the population, and that is something. Even Mislav, who was on the pod recently, he's a little fat shit. And, like, he's only just been working out for the last two weeks. And it's already different. Like, the, his body is changing. And he looks like a different person now. If you get that he oxygen. That little ET body. Got to get that oxygen pumping around your body. And 
and yeah, it just has other added benefits to Healthier. it of like yeah, concentration and stuff. But that, that that's just a basic thing of just success in life in general. The other advice that I would have for people that are trying to get into a field that is a creative field is that you know it's called show business for a reason, and business is a longer word than show. Yeah, which is that I think it's a business and you, you have to be able to combine, a, especially in Australia, you have to be able to combine a bunch of different talents together. Now, the thing that I always say as well is that if you are providing a service, if your art is providing a service to society, you will be rewarded proportionately to how much of a service your art is That's providing. Right. But if it's a truly narcissistic or, or endeavor that you're pursuing and you're just putting out your personal stories that aren't particularly engaging, relatable, or truthful, then you're not going to get anywhere. No. No, that's a guaranteed recipe for failure. I see it happening all the time, just the self-absorbed vanity projects. And I'm telling you, that is the reason that Neil got big. It's because it's a constant. Well. Yeah, it's it's because you're observing things in society. You are making sense of some sort of trend or zeitgeisty piece that uh, people hadn't made sense of before. So it has this thing of shareability to it of like, hey, yeah, you can relate to that. Um, actually, once this palm reader gave me some advice about it, he was saying that he was just saying, if you are able to relate to people, you will have an audience for life. And so that's, that's another thing I think as well is, is like, actually when people say, no, I want to be an artist to express myself. You don't want to be an artist. That's not what art is about. You want a vanity project. And as a result of that, you will be rewarded in proportion to it because you're going to think it's awesome and nobody else is. But art, I think, explains society to people at, at its best. Yeah. Don't you think? And like, even yeah. if you're an actor, you can transfer that to it as well. You can yeah. say that if you are a good actor, the service that you are providing is that you are able to portray a character better than everybody else. And therefore, you're able to tell the story. But you do have to understand, though, that as an uh, as an actor, even though the camera is on you and it's supposed to be about you, you are still providing a service that is bigger to the thing, which is that, like if it's a good movie, the movie is telling a story and that story will have some parables in it that will give like lessons to the audience of like a new way of seeing things or like a moral like what we were talking about before mm -hmm. and you're a bit player in it. So I think that you have to understand that, that even if the, the camera is on you and you're the main star, it is because you're a character and your character is going through a development arc. And as a result of going through that development arc, the audience is learning something. So you're still providing a service. Mm. I think that that's something that artists really need to understand is that art is just like being a mechanic. It's a fun mechanic. It's really fun. Man, our lives are mad. Yeah. But, but like at the end of the, end of the day, work. you're still providing a service. Yeah. I, I That's something that I think always gets at me when people always say to me, like, check out my art. What do you think about it? I mean, obviously, I'm just a nice, agreeable person. Not nice. Nice is not the right word. But I'm just very pussy in Japanese oh, about things and just being like, oh, that's very good, you know. But really what I'm thinking every time is just like, this is just really self-serving. <laughs> Damn. Occasionally I see some, because I get a lot of those messages as well, Man, it mean a lot if you check my stuff out. I'd say it's 50-50. Some I see I'm really impressed by it and some, look, I'm impressed by the effort, but I'm not necessarily impressed by the art itself. And I wonder what would differentiate the person who I do believe is um, putting out good art but doesn't get famous to the person who does actually get famous. Probably, you know, like what they say in sport, um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I think the same thing applies to art. Like I said, mm. I'm not the, I'm not even a good actor, mm. but I'm, I have a much better chance of getting a role on one of those TV shows. That I probably don't even, I don't know if I'll even do now. than the people who are better actors than me that studied, but haven't put themselves out there haven't put themselves out there and this is the other thing not focusing on the right things so as i was saying yes you do need to study your field 
definitely, but the, the formula is always one hour of study to every three hours of action. And I think it's just a thing of like they, even if they were working as hard as you, they are not focusing on doing social media, which is just, let's just call it for what it is. It's just marketing. It's just this giant endless billboard where it's just like, hey, take up as much space of this as you want. Yep. That, it's, it's, it's a skill and it's part of the business aspect of it, but it's, it's yep. a tool. It's a really integral tool. I remember Brian Tracy talking about that where he was just saying like one of the most damaging concepts to businesses is the idea that if you build a better mousetrap, the world will beat a path down to get that mousetrap. That's not true. You can build a better mousetrap and no one knows it exists. And so it just becomes something that's in your attic that yeah. might be trapping mice there, but isn't going to anywhere else. The key element there is marketing. Mm. And in this day and age, you can market yourself for zero dollars. That's never happened in the history of humanity before. So take advantage of it for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, Do you, it. Like, man, on zero dollars, I am competing with the Murdoch Press and nine Fairfax, multi-billion dollar companies. That's the age that we live in now. And you're winning. And winning. To, and winning. On a state level. Definitely on a, and on a, to a certain demographic. Well, definitely but to a certain even demographic. now reaching other demographics as well. And that's the whole thing, right? And it's just like, it, it's very, 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 like I understand what, what Neil is actually saying about that. It's like, it's really disheartening to see that of... All these talent me, people. But it's also it like really what you're hurts. saying is just like, dude, talent is overrated. Talent is an important element, but it is just an element of success. It's just one element. Yep. I think that you need to build a business for yourself and you need to make that business sustainable. Mm -hmm. And that comes into marketing and it also comes into, this is the whole thing though. Like it's all just in social media because you have marketing, but you also have market research. What's market research? Did it go viral or not? If it did, if it went viral, do more of that. Yep. That's exactly it. It's actually pretty straightforward and simple, but like, I, I think that you do need to break it down in all of these little terms because j just so you have it strongly in your head that if you want to be an actor, there's a lot of other things that go into it. Like as in, if we're going to use Tom Cruise again, Tom Cruise at this point is more than just an act. Really, he's a fucking brand. He's a brand. He's a brand. All of the celebrities, especially from yesteryear, are brands in themselves. Yeah. They're not even the pu the purest of actor. But actors. dude, so are Lincoln, you. Lincoln, Lincoln, uh, what's his, um, not Lincoln. Um, Daniel Lewis. Yeah. He is a brand too. What is the brand? That he is the best actor out there. Yep. Yep. And People also like the best character actor, I suppose. You yes. Know? Um, yeah, you're a brand. I'm a. We're, we're brands. We're brands. Now I'm really a brand at this point in my life. Fuck, I am just a face now. Common sense brigade. That's a brand. Every, <laughs> everything is a brand. <laughs> and so, yeah, like that—that yeah, that is an important thing to to get into. Like, I guess it's just like, what is your type of acting that you're portraying or whatever? But branding. And this is not important at your stage if you're just starting out, but like the older you get, the more. And I think that it's just a now. I don't even think that you need to think about it as in positioning yourself. I think that just comes off as inauthentic, but I'm just making the point that Neil, just by existing now, is uh, kind of. It's it's like Colgate or something it's an like that. In itself. It's an entity in and itself that mm -hmm. kind of just becomes a thing of like when people click on a Neil video, they're expecting a certain type of product. That's the brand of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, like, yeah, but th that's, that's something a, that you don't need to think about when yes, you're starting out. That's but a that's secondary like, step, or even that's that's down the line there. But I agree, absolutely. You and I don't think that you even that. need to consciously think about it. It happens I, I'm just, organically. Yeah, it just happens organically now. Um, but you've got to be putting content out there. You, you just, you have to be. There's no, ex especially if you don't have another full-time job and it's not just a hobby. If you've, if you've gone down that path 
and you're doing the course. And I know some of these courses don't let their students do other projects. It's so archaic. A lot of these drama courses, they teach you brilliant skills, but their mindset is still set not even in the the 80s. It's set in 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 the 30s where the theater was still the main, I know. The main place for acting. And look, theater actors are all brilliant. Um, but you know what, actually, gotta, because you gotta when, adapt. Yeah. Two's acting coach was just saying that she, he talks to a certain type of um, Sydney theater company actor. And the way that they're speaking, you can just tell he just always feels like asking, are you famous yet? So clearly their goal in life is to be famous. And this is just goes back to that other point of just like, dude, you can't drill for water in the desert, right? Like it's just not a good place to do it. You might strike rich, but it's just so much rarer. There's, there's more fertile grounds to do it. When you're talking to theatre actors, they're definitely looking constantly for name recognition, just being like, oh, am I going to get on the cover of Good Weekend or some shit like that? And then you <laughs> look at their magazines. following and they have like 800 followers. Yeah, all those you're, magazines are really... It, it's a false economy again yes. it's a false economy like it, it, that's the whole thing is like even if you did get a a piece in you about the good weekend do you think that that's going to result in anything anymore no one reads these papers to begin with and on top of that instead of building your own magazine that is constantly advertising yourself on social media because that's all it is really yeah, it's, it's pretty much just the same it. of yeah it's pretty much the same as a magazine except for instead of just you taking up a little bit of that one edition of theirs and then fading off into oblivion again so everyone just forgets what you are. It's constantly just being like, this week in this edition, me, followed by next week, which will be me. It's yeah. Just... Dude, now that I'm thinking about it, it's actually making me more angry. <laughs> there yeah. are these people that aren't doing it. Make, and, and, and there's nothing to be, there's nothing actually stopping uh, serious actors from making dramatic sketches. Put your monologues out there. Put your duologues out there. It doesn't... I think... I'm always uh, forcing this, my girlfriend to do that or yeah, constantly asking well, her to do it. there's this theory that it sort of sullies your identity as an actor and if there's too much of you as the social media entity, it saturates your integrity as an actor. And I really firmly believe... Of course, I, I believe that. I'm biased. But I firmly believe those days are gone. Yeah, especially because what is this whole thing of like uh, it sullies your image as an actor? Let's be real about this. How many roles have you had in your entire career? Yeah. None. Well, and, None. and like doing an ad doesn't sully you. I mean, like yeah, yeah. The same for Christ's sake, turn around yeah. and do an ad. Like, well, I'll go to McDonald's. Look, there's nothing wrong with doing an ad, but then don't act as though oh, you're the the purest actor, and the people who are online are sellouts. Give me a break. No, you know what? Now that I've even had this conversation, I'm going to bring this up with my girlfriend again. She hates it when I do. But I why think that's such a good want, idea. Why doesn't she... Why is she not putting out sketches? And Her excuse every time is I'm too busy. Now, that's not incorrect. She is very, very busy. It doesn't take long to make, especially those TikTok-style ones. Especially look those TikTok-style ones. Look up Caitlin Riley. She, she just does this selfie videos but it, she's a brilliant character actor she's really funny and she has a million followers on tiktok i can't imagine i don't know how long she would have taken to write them and things but the filming of it would have taken uh, i can't imagine it would have been long right. i'm not trying to i'm not trying to degrade what she's done because i think she's is she doing impressions really funny yeah yeah okay yeah and yeah. she has these she just does these american characters that are really funny and she uses the tools of tiktok as well some of the punch-ins and the zooms and the and the text and things. She clearly knows what she's doing, but um, look her up, especially if you're a female actor. You got to look because she does the, the the those some of those really funny female archetypes so well. She's brilliant. She's really really funny, and it, it's very clear that she's in she's an actor because she posts a lot about she makes sketches about being an actor and things actors say and whatnot. So I really can't see how uh, her content would take up a huge amount of her time. So I really don't, I don't know if just I'm busy. I think maybe on the surface people say, oh, I'm busy, I'm, I'm, I can't just make a sketch. But you don't need to make this incredible short film, okay? If you're just putting out regular content, what you want to aim for 
do what I've done. I, I try to aim for one incredible short film every year that I have a whole cast and crew involved. I produce it. I write them. Uh, my my good friend Tim directs them now. We didn't do one this year, actually, because it was a bloody pandemic. But uh, that is separate to the weekly business side of my brand, if you will. You need to keep churning out content, and it needs to be relatable. It needs to be truthful. You need to be offering a service to people. And then if you have the resources available, you can make your own short films. You can make great short films. I've made short films that have millions and millions and millions of views, more than any other festival-winning short film would have. Mm. So if you're just going after the awards, then you're just going after the status. And that status is like it's a false, it's a false economy. It's a false uh, status economy as well because the pool of people that... Uh, are well-versed in who is winning these film awards is just growing smaller and smaller and smaller. I think film will... And even on an Oscar scale, like the, the ratings go down know. every year. I don't even know. I don't... I stopped watching the Oscars after those really patronising speeches just became so repetitive. Hmm. But the Oscars was always the bastion of uh, film, you know... Of just awards in the arts in general. Exactly. It was. It was really... Uh, the ultimate appraisal of a film if it, went, if it won an Oscar and it was where everyone looked to, if they're in the industry or not, to see what they should be watching and what is at the pinnacle of their art form. Now, people, unless you're a purist actor, you don't know who won the Oscar. I don't even know. Who, I Some of the best film Oscars in recent years I still know, but unless you're actually in the business... You probably don't know who won all the big Oscar categories anymore. Whereas it used to be, not even that long ago, 10 years ago, everyone knew who won Best Actor, Best Actress, even Best Supporting Actor and Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, it really shows how low it is. Even Kyle and Jackie O, whose entire life is just talking about celebrity gossip, they say, I didn't even watch it this year. Who gives a shit about it? It's more or less just a joke now. So it's really weird that there are these people that just live in this I don't know how they still live in that world. They live in that universe that doesn't exist anymore. So I guess that's that's another thing that I that really, really needs to be put about uh, being an artist. You you need to know the zeitgeist, and that's mm. part of it. Is just like that. Is like an an artist. If you have a job at like H and R Block or something like that, you can get away with a lot of delusion. You can't get away with much delusion as an artist because your entire job is to try and just show people an image of the world, right? So there, there is a reason that those people that are just like, I'm going to be the next Hugh Jackman and wind up working in a circular key restaurant, which is actually somebody that I'm thinking about right now. And that man, there is one word to describe him deluded Mm. and then they always complain about the government not supporting arts enough you don't there is an opportunity government should give you like a zero bucks your money uh, sorry to put your art out there without the government even needing to be there the technology exists for you to and 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 not only that all um to just to make a film it's so much cheaper than what it would have been 20 even 10 years ago iPhone quality is so good. It's probably as good as what a camera worth thousands of dollars. I don't know. Maybe someone who's actually more into cameras can fact check this. But um, Well, it's not fucking bad. Let's put it that let, way. Yes, you can make a good film on an iPhone. And people have. Yeah. So you, you everyone has an iPhone. You're the actor. Do it. Actually, just do it. No need someone to sit there and and you you want to live that fantasy where oh you you go into the casting room and and then you wait for a few days. Did I get the role? Did I get the role? Oh, I got it. I'm so happy. You tell all your friends and then it's your big break. That just doesn't exist anymore. I think this is a really good guideline to life: is just do what you can with what you've got, and if you keep doing that, what you get keeps expanding. All these people, you know what? Actually, Mislov is a really good example of that recently because 
he was sitting there uh, as usual, just being like, oh yeah, no, I'm going to wait around until I've got like the perfect day and I've got these camera people lined up and the camera people kept bailing because they don't produce anything themselves as well. So nobody ever did anything. And then I got really pissed off and I was just like, look, I'm sick of hearing about this. Let's just go and film this in this park. Yeah. And it was nothing like what he wanted done. It was just, I have a camera, I'm willing to film it. You've got the masks. Let's just go film it. We've got half a day. Let's do it. We ended up filming that. And again, he had less than a thousand subs. I think he had like 800 subs over the last five years or something like that. Now, obviously I gave it a boost on Friendly Geordies or whatever, but it is his most successful song. And I can guarantee you that if we didn't go out and film that, he still wouldn't have a product today. So it's just like, it's a very simple equation here. It's just like any product is better than no product. Yeah. So it's, yeah, look, it's just this, it's this thing, I guess, of just like only good can come from hard work. So there's that element to it. But then the other thing, if we're just going to wrap it up, I guess, is Mm. that you can, you can work hard in the wrong environment. There's easier ways to success. Um, So that's like on you as well to just be noticing that of just being like, am I getting the right results out of this? Um, but yeah, make sure that you're in the right environment for what you're working on. Or like if you're, if you're focusing on the things that you should be focusing on. And again, like with a lot of things I've, uh, I've talked about, it's a lot easier for you to blame others and blame external factors, such as the Australian industry sucks. The government doesn't support the arts enough. Even if that is the case, are you doing everything you possibly can? Chances are no. I'm probably not doing everything I possibly can to be as successful as I could be. No, but see, this is like, the whole thing. And it's it's a concept called right action, which is that you're, most people are taking right action maybe, let's just be generous, 1% of the time. So even if you're taking right action, as in you're doing the right thing, purely just by doing things, you kind of just dumb luck stumble into them and then you mm-hmm. refine it over time. But let's just say that you're doing right action 30% of the time because like both of us I'm always talking about self-help and stuff like that but I'm wasting a lot of time and it scares me how much time I waste but then I just look at the average person and look at how much time they're wasting and you just like ahead by miles and I think Mm -hmm. that's just what happens with you it's just like you're not doing everything that you can be doing no no one ever is you're not doing anything but you're probably not even doing close to what you could be doing (laughs) what's humanly possible yeah uh, yeah. Know, even the rock's probably not doing everything he humanly possibly can. Exactly. Although I've heard he sleeps four hours a day and his work schedule is absolutely insane. But he could sleep three hours a day. I mean, it's possible, right? Mm. But the point is, um, if if you sit there blaming external factors in the context of acting in Australia, if it's hey the industry sucks or hey the government doesn't support arts enough, no, that's an excuse. That's an excuse. You're not doing everything. You possibly can. All the other excuses are, oh, there aren't enough roles for people like me. Yeah, it's always shit, isn't it? (laughs) Right now, there probably is because they're obsessed with diversity to the point where they've just eroded any sort of objective measure of talent. So... You know what else I, I think? Know, it, it's, it's frustrating. Just, it's frustrating, but I think it's also just about lining your brain into focusing on what works and what doesn't. And Brian Tracy was talking about this study and it was just a study of, I think, like 100 millionaires or something like that. And they pretty much just determined that they were constantly focused on these two topics of like, what do I want and how do I get it? because they were constantly focusing on what do I want and how do I get it, they started seeing the opportunities come towards them. And that's just a basic paradigm shift that you need to make in life because most people like that, for instance, is a perfect example of, you know, there's not enough roles for people like me. Uh, The government doesn't give enough funding. What you are focusing on is why you can't have what you want. Yeah, you're not focusing on the second part of that equation, which is the how do I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) Well. Hopefully that helps some actors, just us yelling at them, telling them they're not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to finish off this podcast with one of our subscriber questions. Uh, if you haven't subscribed already, what are you waiting for? neilcohacker.com slash podcasts. You'll also get access to uh, Discord, which, uh, oh yeah, I do have to, I'm sure by the time this podcast goes out, I would have emailed all the subscribers. 
Um, that's if you donate at the $1, $2, $3 level. And at the $10 level, you get to ask a question like, Rohan has, um, my question for the Neil and Jordan podcast is, why do you think there's been a drastic decline in the popularity and consumption of traditional news and media? Likewise, why has there been a drastic rise in the popularity and consumption of long-form podcasts? Do you think this will be a long-lasting and permanent trend? Really enjoy listening to your show and glad to be a supporter. Thanks, Rohan from Melbourne. Actually, Good on you, Ro. He, um, I had a, a Zoom call with him a few weeks ago, and he's an up-and-coming comedian as well. So fuck um, yeah, dude. He hasn't put his socials here, but if you wanna Rohan, if you wanna email me your socials, I'll give them a shout out on the on one of our next podcasts. But you know what? Honestly, I really think just by listening to this podcast, you're in a much better position than most. I think that there's also like that same thing of the snobbery of just being like, you know, and Jordan are just trash, internet comedians and stuff. It's just like, dude, follow the models of success. We're obviously not the no, but you know what? Like it's just a fact at this point. We are our generation's version of um, like Rove and shit. That that is that is this generation's version of it. It's just not as big because it's the net, and so it's just more yeah. scattered. Yeah. So we're just appealing to one demographic, age demographic, as opposed to the entire population. Yeah, and it's just like that is the reason that these long form podcasts are a lot better, is because you know what. Uh, my exposure, our exposure was to those comedians when in our generation, I guess, of just looking at Rove Live or some shit like that. You were just like, okay, well, they're on TV for an hour. Uh, I guess my th- the way that I do it is I just ring up Channel 10 and be like, oh, can I have a job? No, well, that didn't work. Well, I'm out of ideas. But you have in this mm. podcast hours of, probably like 100 hours at this point of us pretty much just saying this is how we got here. We yeah. didn't get that from fucking Rove. That's all we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I think long form podcasts are so much more authentic, and you get to see the full, you get to hear the full picture of what people are like, and you can afford with with the internet and the advent of social media, you can afford to appeal to niche groups and niche subcultures, which traditional media, especially in Australia, couldn't do. When there are five main television channels. If you're only appealing to a tiny swath of the population, you will go broke. Or if you're the public broadcaster, you'll be told this isn't good enough. So you can now appeal to 5,000 people in Australia and still make a career out of that by being online. And as a result, probably offer an artistic service that is much more pleasing to those people who might have a very niche interest in something as opposed to the very broad programs with universal appeal that the mainstream outlets are putting out there because they have giant operations going, then they need to fund all their staff and, you know, it's just a very inefficient model, really. Mm. They can't afford to be niche, whereas beauty of the internet and, and a big reason why traditional media and news is declining is because they, for them... To be viable, they have to be very broad. Especially in Australia, you have to be appealing to hundreds of thousands of people if you're one of the big TV networks. Mm. At a minimum, even then, that's a bit of a failure, isn't it? Exactly. So, uh, and, and what happens there is the quality gets diluted because you're trying to appease so many people. You probably can't say exactly what you want to say. Because if you're on a podcast and you will be a financially viable social media entity if you can reach 20,000 people a week. Well, you can afford to be niche. You can afford to be a lot closer, at the very least, to, to, to your ideal vision and then say if you were forced to appeal to 300, 400, 500,000 people. Mm. You know what else I think is like, it's just so much more unglamorous than that. That's definitely a true aspect of it. But I also think that it just, it puts you in a lull. Instead of just listening to a two-minute clip you, and it just ends and then you think, oh, fuck, I need to find some more entertainment. If you're listening to an hour, you're just like, well, that's one hour of my life sorted. Yeah. There's a laziness to it. Sure. But you know what else? It's, it's definitely true that you do. Uh, you, you are a- able to extrapolate on it. And again, I've just got to go back to the fact that when the press is trying to attack me, they've only got a thousand words. But the difference is I can just pick apart their article for mm. an hour straight. 
and I will. Dude, you're in the position of power there. I really yeah, exactly. Can't see, you can you can define the narrative to your followers, which is all that really matters. Mm. Who cares if some eighty year olds are like, oh, this guy seems quite sinister. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure it quite probably not ideal, but. But look, if you as long as you can spin it in a way to your followers that is well one truthful, but also uh, has the added effect of them not being influenced by what they're seeing on tradition. Which and I can't imagine your followers would listen to the news and think, "Oh fuck, yeah, is that what they're saying about him?" I yeah. can't watch his videos. <laughs> they would. It, it just it proves all your points, really. Um, so you're in the position of power here. You're the in the more they attack you, the stronger you get. Exactly, and they keep doing it, and that's and it's amazing. Once you figure out the blueprint, you can keep hitting them. I think that's another massive reason for it is the fact that I think everybody knows, not even just because of the time constraints, but it's nobody knows why. But the reason that, like, so Trump, for instance, just saying fake news hit out is because everybody just sensed that this is orchestrated, that there's a lot of agendas behind this and that's why that information is being conveyed by that channel and they're still running on that model. So it's as dishonest as you could possibly get. What is more honest than talking for like an hour straight and then saying shit like, yeah, you know what, who shouldn't get elected wogs? And like, like that that's never going to happen on Channel 10. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Wish it did. Then maybe people would actually watch it again. Yeah, you know. So that's the difference of it. It's just like really when it comes down to it, there's an authenticity to it. And that's what I think also. Yeah. People, I think, like it when you screw up and they don't agree with you. It's not that they like you in that moment, but they get again this feeling that you're a person. Mm -hmm. So it's the difference what we were talking about at the beginning of this of Tom Cruise as opposed to Rice Gum. To me, Rice Gum seems more like a person. And as a result of that, I'm able to forgive him more. Whereas like when Tom Cruise is just into Scientology or whatever, you're just like this weird ethereal human being that's into a weird ethereal human being cult. I don't know about that. Well, they were, they were deities back in the days of those uh, uh, talk shows and the impersonal nature of celebrity. We looked at them as though they were gods. Yes. We really did. Yes. They, were, yes. they were something other, something separate. Whereas mm. now... Celebrities, you have to be authentic. You have to be. That's how you resonate with people by people saying, "Yeah, that person's just like me." Mm. Um, do you think this will be a long-lasting and permanent trend? Long-lasting, nothing will ever be permanent. I'm sure something new will come about soon enough, but um, at least for the foreseeable future, I think this trend will continue. Well, let me put it this way: it will bury the old form of media and has. There was just a realization when I was talking to Michael West real, recently where I thought, fuck, this is the best they could do. And nothing's changed. Like they, they had an orchestrated attack in the papers aimed at me. Now, obviously, it's not on a federal level. It'd be bigger, but like, you know, it, that would be enough to sink a premier back in the day. What I said, I was just saying that like, dude, there's bigger things in the world than an alleged sexual harassment case and you have to think about this in the context of like what is happening to an entire state of people and its economy and every living creature in it you know but that's what the press wants you to focus on because they want to get rid of that guy you know even me just saying that end of my career end of my life yeah you know but like here it was just like he said this nothing nothing still here i've got a bigger audience as a result yeah, uh, I Good think job. that what he noticed because he was also just part of the press back in the day at Fairfax or whatever, and we all just had this theory of just like you know fuck they're just all powerful and stuff. They did that. Both of us just hit back with that. It, it got it had a way bigger reach and audience than their attack piece. Us attacking the attack piece. Uh, that should tell you everything you, you need to know. You control the narrative. Yeah, they've got all the money, but you control the narrative, which is way more, way more, powerful. way, 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 way more powerful. At least and you control the narrative for, for for on the internet and for young people. Maybe if boomers or or not even boomers, but if uh, people over forty. But just like how boomers migrated to Facebook over time, and now people just think, eh, "Fuck, that's gross." They will move to independent media and they are with Michael West because it's the same thing. It's just me saying like Michael West, Michael West, Michael West, Michael West. 
my audience probably doesn't, some of my audience would be reading it, but the important thing is that they're telling their parents about Michael West and saying, don't read this filth, read Michael West, you know? Yeah. It, it all starts crumbling down as a result. So, yes, like as you as Neil is saying, something will replace it eventually, obviously, because that's just the, the, the Buddhist truth of reality. But <laughs> That's life, man. That's life, but... That old system that you're discussing, you are really looking at the the closing days of it, and that's a good thing. Mm. All right. Well, we'll wrap that one up there. Uh, thanks for your question. Like I said, um, if you want social media shouted out, just say it in in the question. Uh, neilcohanker.com slash podcast if you want to subscribe. There's not many left of the $10 subscriptions. We're only doing a certain amount of those. So get in while there's still some available. Thanks for listening, guys. Any final any final words? Anything you want to spruik? There's nothing I want to spruik, but I do just want to reiterate this one point, that if you are going into art, remember this. You are in a business. And a business that is functional is providing a service. So at the end of the day, art is a service. Just want to say that. I agree. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. See ya.